It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I have a bone to pick with the NBA. And guys, the NBA is doing this all to themselves. I'm just here to help. Plus, Jalen Suggs excited for a new season and the Magic's goal to hit their goals. We'll get to that on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are indeed locked on magic. Today is August 22nd, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, why the NBA isn't helping themselves and why the magic should be featured more on the national TV schedule. Plus, Jalen Suggs shares his excitement for the season. We share it too. And why 500 is the threshold number for the Orlando Magic. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. First, I want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Magic is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or enter promo code LockedOnNBA for a free white tech hat with any purchase. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. So we've had a little bit of time to sit down and digest the Orlando Magic schedule. Um, I'm still sitting down with it. I'm still kind of gathering my thoughts on it and everything and, and, and going through the numbers on it and Look, it's a tough schedule. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. There, There's a lot of difficult parts to it. The Magic are going to really have to survive that early part of the season. Um, but obviously, the big headline for that schedule, and the first thing that we all look at because we like the shiny object, shiny object uh, that, that's in front of us, are the national TV games. The Orlando Magic are only going to have so many national TV games. Um, and, and this, in this case, one or five, depending on how you want to count it, but let's, let's include the NBA TV games. You're going to imagine are going to have five, five national TV games this year, one on traditional on TNT. This was expected. As I mentioned last week, as I, as, as I said last week, I was not expecting the magic to get a lot of national TV attention, a lot of national TV love. They have to prove their worth to this league on the floor. They have to prove who they are and what they're going to be able to do and what success they're going to have to prove that they are worth featuring in these primo spots on the floor. That's what this season's about. So much of the, you know, we're going to talk about the end of the, at at the end of the episode, but so much of this season is simply about the Orlando magic proving who they are to the rest of the league. 
and what they will be about as they continue to grow and develop. I wish I could say with any certainty that if the Magic make the play-in tournament or make a playoff run or have a good playoff showing, that they will be on national TV plenty more times next year. The reality is if the Magic have the season that we're all expecting them to have, unless Paolo Bencaro goes just absolutely bonkers, the Magic are probably still going to be in the low teens. They'll have fewer than 20 games on national TV total, including NBA TV games. That's the reality of the way the NBA sets up their their schedule. Our friends at 8.9 seconds made this point that the national TV schedule had this extra contempt, it felt like, to them for the lower, for the mid-sized and, and smaller markets. And none of this is new. What I think the problem is, though, and the Magic and the Pacers, for that matter, and the Thunder, for that matter, and a lot of other teams, for that matter, should be concerned about this problem. When you look at the distribution of national TV games for uh, for the NBA this season, it's very, very heavy on what the NBA knows it can rely on. The Golden State Warriors will play half of their games on national TV of some sort. 41 games. The Los Angeles Lakers play 40 games on national TV. I just want you to sit and think about that. Not that those two teams are not worthy teams or not good teams are not draws to get people's eyeballs on basketball games. Are they must-see TV right now? I don't know. But this is essentially banking on both the Lakers' national prominence as well as the star power of LeBron James and Stephen Curry. That's not a bad bet. That's going to get the NBA viewers, but the NBA has a problem. LeBron James is coming to the end of his career. Could be this year, could be next year. It's soon. And Stephen Curry was drafted in 2009. This will be his 15th year in the NBA coming up. He too is coming to the end of his career. The NBA's problem is not that they overfeature players from larger markets. That's always going to be the case. They have numbers suggesting people watch this. I think it's a chicken or an egg problem. They need to, to, for me, they need to market their league like it's the NFL. Everybody can be a star. Every team can be featured. You can be a fan of any team. You need to be a fan of the league. Certainly a fan of stars. The NBA is a star-driven league. We spent a decade obsessing over the Orlando Magic finding a star. And look, we think we have one in Palo Bancaro. And so as our friends at 8 points, 9 seconds asked, so why... Is Paolo Bancaro, the reigning rookie of the year, a potential star in the making only on national TV five times? Why are the Indiana Pacers, one of the best young teams in the league and a team that I think is going to make a huge leap this season, only on national TV six times? Why is Cade Cunningham only on national TV four times? Maybe that one's a little bit a little bit of a weaker argument because of his injury, but... Why is all-NBA player Shea Gilgis-Alexander and interesting wonderkin Chet Holmgren only on national TV 13 times? What the NBA has done is it's doubled down on its past. At a time when the league needs to be building its stars of the future. 
And this is just something the NBA does over and over and over again. It is afraid to take the risk and do the legwork needed to build a star. After Michael Jordan's retirement, the NBA had to quickly pivot and figure out how are we going to build new stars? Now, that was obviously a very different media environment than we have today. But their whole, essentially their whole TV package was built around Michael Jordan. And when Jordan left, when Jordan retired, they didn't really have the ability or have the undercard ready to go to fill in that void, to fill in that gap. They didn't condition their viewers to believe that anyone could fill his shoes. The NBA is in that same moment today. And what are they doing even with a larger national profile, even with a larger national uh, a national base of games to advertise and to, to put in front of people's faces? And obviously the media market is very, very different. The NBA is doing it again. I'm not going to sit here and say that, yes, the Orlando Magic on national TV 25, 30 times. You shouldn't have to live in Orlando to see their games. No. The Magic are a play-in team. They have to earn more national TV appearances. They have to earn the recognition. They have to earn that respect. Because at the end of the day, that's what's going to sell. That's what's going to get people to care about your team nationwide. They want the national story. But having said that, the NBA should be throwing a bone to its young players. Yes, Devin Booker will be on national TV plenty of times. Jason Tatum will be on national TV plenty of times with the Boston Celtics and Devin Booker playing alongside Kevin Durant. There are young stars to groom and grow. Giannis Antetokounmpo will be on national TV. Nikola Jokic is on national TV only 30 times this year. And it felt like the national narrative was this Nuggets team came out of nowhere and all the NBA people were like, no, they were this good the entire time. You just weren't watching because they weren't on TV. I have long believed this. The NBA need, and look, the NBA probably has more analytics telling that, that would tell me I am wrong. But I've long criticized the NBA and its strategy of filling out national TV games. They do tend to feature these premier teams and certainly established premier players. But the NBA is entering a point in time in a period where they have to begin thinking about their future and investing in their future and growing their future. And that means, yeah, some nights you need to feature some young unproven kids. You need to start conditioning and growing these conditioning viewers that there are stars everywhere in the league. At least at the beginning of the season, there are no bad teams. Everybody believes they can win. And like, look, no offense to some of these players, like Pascal Siakam and the Toronto Raptors, that's not investing in the future. Fred Van Vliet and the Houston Rockets, unless you really believe in Jalen Green, which maybe you do, that's not investing in the future. What the league needs to do is it needs to figure out who these potential new all-stars are and start giving them a little bit more love. Because the time is coming when the NBA won't be able to rely on the tried and true. When the Golden State Warriors won't be able to soak up 41 games and guarantee you these kind of ratings, if, if they even are at this point. Or LeBron James, you know, the Lakers are the Lakers, so the, you know, whatever. The NBA does need to begin thinking about its future. And when you look at the national TV distribution of its schedule, you can tell they're not. 
Obviously, that would benefit the Orlando Magic. One of the reasons why I think it's worth pointing out because Paolo Bancaro is a great player and it doesn't seem like the rest of the nation knows that. Um, a lot of players on Team USA are on teams that are not featured very much on national TV, including Anthony Edwards, who's going to be the breakout star uh, of the FIBA World Cup. But the Orlando Magic themselves are very excited for this upcoming season. We'll go over what Jalen Suggs had to say on our friend, uh, 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 said recently. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Bird Dogs. Look, uh, Bird, Do- Bird Dogs came along. They had these this this interesting idea for these liner pants, and you know, you know they were laughed at on Shark Tank. We all saw it. But they've turned. But if you actually go out and try these products, you try a Bird Dog pants. I am wearing Bird Dogs pants or, or shorts right now. You find out that a the liner thing is a little gimmicky. It's interesting. I have a few. But they make high-quality pants that are comfortable, that breathe well, and handle this Florida heat exceptionally well. Bird Dogs make you look good. A Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts like the ones I'm wearing today, which you can't see because I'm sitting, are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. These shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. And guess what? If you buy the pants, if you buy like the long pants, you can actually wear them to work. They look that good. They fit way better than regular shorts. They're made of a stiff, restricting cotton. They fix the issue. They fix the. They fixed a ton of issues by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches, so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Plus, they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com/lockedonnba and enter promo code lockedonnba for a free white tech hat. That's birddogs.com/lockedonnba for or promo code lockedonnba for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So we are... And the very dead period of the offseason. We're doing some locked off magic. We'll have locked off magic on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. Uh, so we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit off topic here. Um, which you know, maybe you listen, maybe you don't. I don't know. Uh, I think it's gonna be an interesting conversation. I do try to bring it back to the Orlando Magic, some of the bigger issues that they have. But uh, you know, we are in the dead part of the season. We're waiting on the FIBA World Cup to start this weekend. Um, we are gearing up and getting ready for what should be a a, a, a fun run and, and, and a fun final month before we get to the main event. And our main event, of course, the opening of training camp in October. It really cannot get here soon enough. And if you think that you as a fan are excited about this coming season, I mean, look, 
I just did a 10 minute segment on I've look, I've had those opinions about the NBA's national TV schedule, uh, schedule and strategy for a long, long time. Uh, it certainly is informed by the fact that I am a magic fan, a long time magic fan who was, you know, been part of uh, seeing team, seen a, a magic team in the mid nineties that got a lot of national TV games and was a feature team. And was like, you can do that in Orlando in the mid nineties. Why can't you do that for everybody uh, in the two thousands when, and you could be a fan of any team anywhere, you know, pick players and, and promote them. Um, I've also been a fan of a Tracy McGrady team that wasn't on national TV enough for how good he was to be perfectly honest, even though that team was, was not particularly good. You can check OrlandoMagicDaily.com for more on that. Um, but we're all really excited about what this magic team can become. If, if we're frustrated and frustrated with some of the elements of the magic schedule, it's simply because this is a team that has us all really jazzed and really, really excited. Um, and if you think, we're excited. Listen to what the players have to say. Listen to, 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 to the players and, and their feeling. I mean, even Paolo Bancaro back in May or April, whenever it was, when he won the Rookie of the Year award, pretty much said like, yeah, we were all talking through the early rounds of the playoffs. We want to be part of that. We believe next season's playoffs are bust. While management is not going to say that the Magic are a playoff team, Um. Well, the mag- well, they're not going to say that the Magic are a playoff team, and they're not going to put that pressure and expectation on them. They will, you know, they, they are going to continue to say the team needs to level up. Well, there's only one place and one area the Magic can level up. Like I'm on record saying this here, like I agree with the leveling up thing and 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 kind of keeping expectations low. But look, the Magic need to make the playoffs this year, or need to make the play in tournament the postseason. I, I don't know if there's a distinction on that, but the Magic need to be playing a game 83 this year. That is 100% the team's goal. They are capable of doing it. And, you know, I tend to bring people down when they're too high and try and lift people up when they're too low. That's that I'm, I'm, I am the definition and my coverage of too high, too low. So if I, I'm coming off a little negative this offseason, it's because I really believe in what this team can do. And I really believe in what they're capable of and, and want and, and, and putting out all the ways that they need to be better to make sure they accomplish these goals and accomplish what they want to accomplish. Um, it's still a process though. And, 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 and there's still a lot going on, but if you listen to players, there is a lot of excitement about what the magic are building. And Jalen Suggs was on the six man show, our good friends at the six man show uh, on Monday. He expressed how excited he is for this season. Um, you know, he said, you know, just being in the gym with the guys, everybody's excited for what they're going to be able to do this season. And, and he's excited about what he's going to be able to do, having a healthy summer. They're, they're just as excited as you or I are for what the Magic are capable of doing this season in the playoffs, this season. Um, look, the journey's not going to be easy. You know, you look at that schedule, the, the road-heavy first part of the schedule, it's really daunting. I'm not going to sit here and lie about it. It's really, really, really tough. Uh, and... I don't know, you know, it's it's not going to be easy. And the Magic are going to have to hang on and and really play well to get to a much more manageable back half of the schedule, back quarter of the schedule, essentially. Um, it's going to be tough. And the Magic always have these tough little stretches during their season. Uh, but this team feels like it's capable of doing, doing it. So I would encourage you to go listen to that, that after we're done with our show because now we got to start setting some real goals. Now we got to start looking at, okay, what do the Magic actually need to do to get to the postseason? You know, let's get to the details. 
And that detail is, frankly, a very simple and easy number to remember. If the Magic want to make the postseason, they got to get to 500. We're going to talk about that coming up here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to start off this segment by first saying the playing tournament is not the end destination. Um, if the playing tournament is the end destination, then you're the Toronto Raptors, the Chicago Bulls, or the Charlotte Hornets. No offense to those teams, um, but I mean to offend. Um, it is a way station. It is there to weigh you and say, okay, you made it here. Now are you going to go forward or are you going to get stuck here? And if you get stuck here, that's bad. That's a problem. You don't want to spend too much time in the way station. It's purgatory, essentially. You want to get to paradise. You don't want to go down to the inferno um, for my Dante fans. Uh, not Marcatelli. Uh, but uh, but the Magic are trying to get there. Um, and so for this coming season, yes, getting to the play-in tournament should be a positive goal. That should be a place where the Magic... But the Magic can feel like they've hit some success. Now, is this team capable of getting to the sixth seed? I absolutely think they can. I think they have the talent, but it would be a surprise. They're going to go through the struggle, and I'm expecting them to go through the struggle of this. So what do the Magic need to do to get there? Ultimately, that is the question. The Magic were 34-48 and 48 last year. They finished six games out of the final playing spot. So by your math there. The 10th seeded Chicago Bulls were 40 and 42. That was the mark to get into the play in tournament. Um, you know, even if we go, you know, the Magic going 29 and 25, let me do some quick math here. The Magic going 29 and 25, so that's 29 over 54. Uh, they were on pace for a good chunk of the season to be a 44 win team. 44 wins gets you into the play in tournament comfortably, if not a little bit more. When you look at uh, like the history of the play-in tournament, again, short history here, the Charlotte Hornets earned the final playing spot in the 2022 season with a 43-39 and record. In 2021, the first year of the play-in tournament, the Hornets were, again, the team that finished 10th. They were 33-39. and That's a 38-win pace in an 82-game season. Essentially, the goal for the Orlando Magic should be to get to 500. It's nice and easy. It's it's really clean and really obvious. But it would almost assuredly mean the Magic reach the play-in tournament. And as a baseline, that's the goal. Now, are the Magic going to get there? That's the next question. Our friends at FanDuel, uh, the last I checked, had the Magic at thirty set had the Magic at thirty six and a half wins as they're over under. The Brooklyn Nets sit in tenth at thirty seven and a half wins. Um, the Heat and Sixers have been kind of taken off the board because of all the trade questions. But 
that gives you a hint at least of what people think the the betting lines are going to be to make the playing tournament. It's going to be about 37, 38, maybe 39 wins. I would definitely say take the over on that Magic 36 and a half. I think they will improve on 34 wins fairly easily. Will they get to 40? 40 is a all I haven't like done my schedule hop yet. Um 40 is about where I'm settling. Uh, I, I think I have them in like the 38 to 43, maybe 38 to 44 range. I think there's a little bit of a range, um, but I think 38 is kind of their low end. If, if you know, they just improve, but don't take like huge steps forward. That should still be enough for them to be competitive for the play in tournament. But again, you go 500, you're playing game 83. And that's just a simple, easy goal to reach. Now, don't limit yourself to that goal. I think that's the most important thing. If this, you know, I, I'm a big believer that your goal should shift and change as the season uh, proceeds. The overarching goal is to be in the postseason, play game 83. Um, but if the Magic get off to a, like, really good start, if they're, let's say, 19 and 13, that number, that record has historical significance for the Magic. If the Magic are 19 and 13, all of a sudden the expectations should change. You should be saying, okay, Let's get to 45 wins. Let's compete for the six seed. Let's 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 avoid the play it entirely. Those expectations, those those uh, goals, those they should shift like that. But at the end of the day, whatever the Magic's record is, uh, and look, you wanted to improve. I don't think you want to get into the playoffs as an under 500 team. That's only happened, I think, once in Magic history. No, it's happened twice in Magic history. Uh, they went 40 and 42. In 2007, which was the first time that Dwight made the playoffs, they were under 500 in 2020 as well. Um, you don't want to be a playoff team under 500. Like 500 is a simple goal. You should be able to win more games than you lose. Um, it's a simple goal, but it achieves the bigger goal. And I'm going to keep using this phrase. I've repeated it a ton here. The goal for this Orlando Magic team above all else is play game 83. You get 82 games in a regular season. Um, if you're playing a game 83, that means you made, if you're playing a game 83 before April, that means you made the championship of the in-season tournament, which would also be a really fun goal. Um, but the goal is to play game 83 uh, or game 84, whatever you want to call it, in April. You want to be playing late April basketball. And for the Magic to do that, they got to win more games than they lose. Quite simply, that is the best way to assure that they accomplish these goals. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and have a podcast. Switch your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to know podcasts to your podcast enable listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaylight.com. You can, of course, follow us there on Twitter at omagic. On our next episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to go locked off Magic, talk about another team in the Orlando area with playoff aspirations talk about Orlando City and how the Lions have turned into a perennial playoff club and perhaps something a bit more this season. If you like Orlando sports, if you like a little soccer talk, we're going to have our guy we're going to have we're going to have a great discussion, a locked off magic discussion on the Lions coming up. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, it's been Phil Rossman Reich. We'll see you again next time for another episode of Locked On. Hey, 
Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.